a Podcast One production. Your morning agenda. Summer edition. Natasha Belling here. Thanks for your company this Friday the 8th of January. As many of you are enjoying a well-deserved break, we are looking at the top news stories that have set the agenda in 2020 and will still be making news throughout 2021. We will be back with all the breaking news from next Monday morning, the 11th of January. But until then, enjoy your Morning Agenda's Summer Edition. As we start the new year and the Christmas credit card bills roll in, some of us may be struggling with a financial hangover. Throughout 2020, there was a great divide. While some entrepreneurs were making billions of dollars in profits, others lost their jobs and struggled to make ends meet. Later stats show despite all the economic doom and gloom in 2020, consumer confidence is getting back on track. But some Australians are saving at record levels, indicating they're concerned about tough times ahead. Interest rates are at historic lows and it's certainly good news for homeowners trying to pay off their loans, but it's bad news for self-funded retirees trying to live off their savings. So how do you get your finances back on track and what sneaky payment systems should you avoid? Joining us in today's episode with her top money tips is Editor-at-Large at CanStar, Effie Zahos. Effie, it's that time of the year when the financial crunch hits, all the bills are rolling in. How do we deal with this? What's the best strategy? Yeah, it is a bit of make or break. There's about 13 million credit cards still in circulation, of which about 20 billion is actually accruing interest. Now, the good news is we have managed to knock this down quite a bit, about 7.31 billion over the past year. The bad news is we are in silly season and the ugly news could be that a few of these cards could blow out again and we just don't want that. I think the number one tip to get through this period without racking up further credit card debt is pretty simple. We've just got to take it easy. And one of the biggest triggers we're going to face is this. We're going to say, I deserve it. We've had a shocking year and a lot of us say, I deserve it. And that's a trigger. And we need to put a fixer in place. Now, when it comes to credit card spending, my number one rule is put the 48-hour rule in place. And this dictates that you wait at least 40 hours before you make any purchasing decision. And during this time, ask yourself, do I need it? Yes or no? If yes, can I borrow it from someone else? If no, can I make it myself? If no, can I rent it? If no, can I buy a second hand? Ask all these questions. And if it's no right at the end, well, then go ahead and buy it. Just take care and do watch out for balance transfer cards. I know a lot of people think that's a way out. The interest rate may be zero, but watch the balance transfer fees and you've got to pay it off during that interest-free period. Otherwise, you're going to be whacked with an interest rate right out of the 80s. What if the products are on sale? <laughs> I didn't account for that, but hold it, is it truly a sale? That's what I need to say. There's some great websites to compare prices to. So never, that's another trigger. That is another trigger to say, but it's on sale. Is it on sale if you have to spend it? I don't think so. Great advice, Effie. Now, in <laughs> regards to the afterpay services, there's been a lot of speculation this year um, and there's been some really concerning data come out. Often with these schemes, they're too good to be true and the devil may be in the detail. 
spot on. Look, there's no denying we love the idea of buying something now and paying for it later. I mean, we love it so much that not only the biggest market player, which is Afterpay, I mean, that's become a verb now, just Afterpay it, but it's also made it into the top ASX 20 companies. Now, if you're going to crunch the numbers on, say, what's the cheapest way to borrow $1,000, I can't argue it. Buy now, pay later, we'll probably take top spot. So long, of course, you're not late with any repayments. Now, no one's arguing here that buy now, pay later is cheap. It's cheap if you pay it off. The real cost for Aussies is whether it causes them to spend more than they would. Now, that's a question only you can answer yourself. And as you mentioned, ASIC did find that one in five consumers in the past year had missed or were late with paying other bills in order to make their buy now, pay later bill payments on time. So they missed things such as household bills, credit card payments and home loan repayments. And it also found, ASIC found that consumers were experiencing financial hardship in attempt to make these payments in some cases, actually going without essentials like meals or taking out additional loans. Now, despite all this concern, ASIC has stopped short of recommending that buy now, pay later payments be regulated the same way, say, credit cards. Now, my tip here is that if you are finding these services are causing you financial stress, you know, you're living from pay to pay, you're in the habit of paying off one and then jumping on another, then a simple tip here is why not set up your own buy now, pay later? Save $1,000 in a separate account. Call it, I don't know, call it before pay if you like. <laughs> and when you want something, use this money in that account and then pay yourself back in four equal instalments. I bet you're going to think twice before you jump into that because it always hurts more when you've got to spend your own money up front than whack it on either plastic or a buy now, pay later. What was really evident, Effie, throughout 2020 was the great financial divide between the rich and the poor. Some were making billions of dollars in profit, while others were really struggling to make ends meet this year. Yeah, it's a real split situation. And just before Christmas, we saw those numbers came out and which just shocked me, the amount of money we had managed to save during COVID. Now, you're probably listening out there and thinking, well, hold it. Well, I didn't manage to save this. You know, I put my mortgages on pause. I put my energy bills on hold. I've got to now catch up all on this. So not everybody is in this boat. And I guess one of the biggest money lessons we learned from 2020 is the importance of going back to basics. It was all about, can I save more on groceries? Can I pay, you know, can I get a better rate on my mortgage? Is my energy plan the right one? Can I do better with my car insurance? I mean, let's take our minds back. During that lockdown period for a lot of us, we sat there thinking, well, how am I going to put food on the table? And it's the regular stuff. It's the small stuff that we should be sweating. And I know the saying is don't sweat the small stuff, but it doesn't apply here with regular bills. I'm hoping some of these habits will move into 2021. So first up, most of us know the importance of setting up a cash cushion. I mean, just take a look at the amount of money that was taken out of our super funds. A lot of us were living from pay to pay. So step one is set up your own cash cushion. I know a lot of experts say you need to times your, say, um, uh, essential expenses, like your mortgage, your food, times it by three or six, depending on what kind of job you have and how hard is it to get back in there. That's a lot of money. Even if you can put together a couple of thousand dollars, that gives you some security. The next one is start investing. A small amount can make a big difference to your wealth. And sometimes people have fear of jumping in, but you can have fear of missing out. Do start small. Jump on an investment at least if you've never done it. Have a look at trying to build your wealth because money in the bank, let's face it, is going backwards. 
Effie, you make a great point there. Interest rates, it's great news for people trying to uh, pay off their home loan, but it's terrible news, especially for self-funded retirees that are trying to live off that money. Yeah, the the interest rate is going to be a dilemma for a long time um, in the sense that, you know, we're going to see these rates stay this low for at least another couple of years. And, and dare I say there's going to be more competition in the home loan market, uh, cheaper rates. Who would have thought they would have hit down to, you know, mm. 1.788 or 7.9? Um, there'll still be more competition there. Great for homeowners, not good for uh, self-funded retirees or investors. So the thing there, unfortunately, is that they are being forced to dial up the risk. Money in the bank is going backwards. So it's a case of where can I get a better return or how can I be smarter? I think the most important thing for self-funded retirees or people on a pension is actually do contact Services Australia, get to speak to their financial counsellor because if your assets have actually fallen or dropped, you might be in a situation where you may be in, you know, in a position to get the Commonwealth concession card or you might be able to get a top up in your, in your pension. Just have a look and see your affairs. I mean, the deem rate did fall down, I'd like to see that go down even further because, you know, the government is deeming you're earning, what, 2.25 on your investments. And Mm. I can't find any term deposit (laughs) paying that amount. So it is tough. And it's a case maybe get some financial advice next year as to, am I making the most of what assets I do have? Of course, you know, it's a compromise with, you know, dialing up the risk as well and whether you're willing to take that. And Effie, you gave some great advice before that 2020 has really taught us about its back to basics and we do need to sometimes sweat the small stuff. You had Mm. some great financial advice. What are your other top tips for 2021 to get our finances back on track? Yeah, I always like to kind of begin with the end in mind, work backwards. It sounds a little odd, but sometimes you don't know where to go if you don't know where you're going. (laughs) So, work out if you have taken money out of your super which quite a few of us have whether you love super or loathe super at the moment for most Aussies it's still the most uh, you know the, the wealth creating strategy the best one we've possibly got because of the tax perks in there as well and it's actually proven quite resilient during these periods with returns so have a look and just see how much do I have how much should I have and an easy way to do that is ASFA has this great little calculator called Super Detector, um, Detective, sorry, and you actually uh, type in the year you were born and it will tell you how much super you should have if you're going to meet what they call a comfortable retirement. Look, it's only a guide. I like it because it's a clear indication of, oh, I'm a little bit behind or a little bit ahead. What can I do to catch up? So I do give you a super fund uh, health check. And remember, we do have those uh, new rules coming out on the 1st of July, which will make it, I think, a little bit easier for consumers to, A, when they change job, their super fund will move with them to be able to compare super funds and make sure they're not in a dud. Effie, thanks so much for sharing your great money tips with us today. Thank you. Don't forget your morning agenda with the latest news headlines is back next Monday morning, the 11th of January. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great weekend and we look forward to seeing you bright and early Monday morning.